I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to a brand new My Mate Bought a Toaster. My name's Tom Price. That one over there, her name is... Samantha Baines. Hooray for Samantha Baines. And joining us today, Dane Baptiste. Hello. Hello. How Last are you? Last name Baptiste. First name Danes. Better than Baines. Harsh. It's it's the first draft of that jingle, so I'm probably going to scrap it. I think that's the final one. I think we're good to go. That was amazing. Okay, there you go. Well, there you go. Dane's better than Baines. Dane, you've let us into your um, Amazon history, which is a very dangerous but noble thing to do. Thank you so much, because we're going to find out a lot about you now. Are you ready for Definitely this journey? Are. I'm I'm relatively confident. I feel like there's nothing I have to hide from a legal standpoint. Yeah. Or a lawful one. All right, so, Dane, we're going back to 2008. This is when your first order was made. Oh, cool. Tell us, tell us about the Dane Baptiste of 2008. What was he doing in late May? Hating his life. Okay, all right. Uh, was he really? What, what were you doing? Working in an office. Okay. And, uh, yeah, just um, living a lie. <laughs> okay. It's basically, I think, yeah. Ideal. Yeah. So I think yeah. I just start, maybe just started working at Auto Trader, uh, Auto Trader Media Group. Oof. And, uh, yeah, it was um, not a great experience. My experiences at work was basically, like, not me bringing it up, but people would be like, did you go to university, Dane? And I'd be like, yes. And then I would be reminded in every single job by my line manager, you may have a degree, but I'm your boss. It means nothing now. It, yeah. Wow. Every time. And it's not like I'd bring it up. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it wasn't like, you know, I got a 2-2. So it wasn't like, by the way, everybody. And it was a 2-2 from the University of Bradford. That's so, great. Nothing wrong with a Desmond from Bradford. Nothing wrong with a Desmond from Bradford. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, or I, I like to call marijuana masters. But I felt like... This, I think this... I once dated a Desmond from Bradford. <laughs> I mean, if you listen to Desmond, See, so, it, so life could be much worse. Okay, fine. Life seems to... Uh, you're saying it was bleak in 2008. But on the 30th of May, you bought the Wu-Tang Manual. This cost you £11.74. Yes. Uh, tell us about this. Is this is this helped you in life? Is this like uh, some sort of biblical experience? No, it, it has helped me in life. I think I bought it because I guess I was beginning to try and assimilate into corporate life. And you know people read books and crap on the train. So I'm yeah. just trying to be one of those civilian losers. But Did I... you sit in your corporate auto trader office at lunchtime <laughs> with the Wu-Tang manual in front of you? Because if you did, that's yeah. brilliant. No, well, I did. Well, no, I, I, at work, I used to just read manga online. Brilliant. But that was my, the to and from was my, uh, the uh, book of Wu-Tang written by the RZA. And it was quite, and it was actually, it was actually rather inspirational. Is it really, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, so far as just, you know, just talking about their early beginnings and he describes like, you know, how the concept of the Wu-Tang uh, emblem began and how that began as artwork. And mm. then, and this, basically he had a concept plan to kind of, I guess, saturate the industry with their brand mm. and how that was able to precipitate into beginning with music mm. and then transcending to clothing. Very then, strong brand of the Wu-Tang there. I think, I think it, to the, the point where there's some people I think who not necessarily have that much affinity with the culture and with rap per se yeah. but it's such a distinguished brand that you know you get any hackney hipster 
Yes. Wearing a Wu Tang jumper to uh, to yoga. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to yoga, downward dog. What are if the reviews like? Well, if way. anyone doesn't know what this is, this is the first written introduction to the philosophy and history of hip hop's original dynasty, the Wu Tang Clan. Okay. Um, what is the philosophy of the hip hop? Group the Wu Tang Clan. Do we know? Uh, Dane, Dane, do you want to give us it in a very short sentence? Yeah, that they ate nothing to fuck with. Okay, great. Great. Okay, ideal. cool. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, some lovely reviews 75% five star reviews. Mm-hmm. Buy it, said Miss Mafia. Okay. If you're a Wu Tang uh, fan. Miss Mafia, buy it, please. Okay, be polite. Yeah, Come yeah, on, I mean, it is in capitals also. Yeah, yeah. If you're a Wu Tang fan, buy it. Great gift for any fan or a good addition to any collection. Okay. There has to be a Wu Tang fan club, doesn't there? Is there a Wu Tang fan club? Can we do that? Do, also, do yeah. you know about the Wu Tang name generator? Yes. Whoa. Because this is where Donald Glover got his name for Chad- to become Childish Gambino. He put his name into the Wu-Tang gener- uh, name generator, which I've got in front of me, actually. So if you put in Donald Glover, out comes Childish Gambino. I think mine's a dirty scholar. Should we find out? Dane yeah. Baptiste. Let's find out our Wu-Tang names. Here we go. Your name, Dane Baptiste, is no longer Dane Baptiste. You are now the erratic specialist. Ooh. That's actually pretty accurate, to be fair. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Specialist. I'm going to go with that. Can I have one? Yeah, here we go. Hang on, I'll do you nice. By the way, um, there's no one, two, or three star reviews of really? this book on oh Amazon. God, it must be Big fans. One of the best reviewed books on Amazon. I mean, it is only 12 reviews in total. Samantha Baines, from this day forward, you will be known as Amateur Beggar. <laughs> I mean, it's a definition Whoa. of being, being an actor. That's exactly what you that are. Is exactly. Horrific. As an, act, as an actor, that's what you are. And also, you I know. I think that's sexist. That's how crowdfunding works. I'm not mm-hmm. an amateur beggar. I'm really good at getting stuff. A professional beggar. All right, we'll, we'll update professional it. Professional beggar then. Okay. Yeah, you know, beggar. Uh, Tom Price, from this day forward, you'll be also known as Excessive Dreamer. Cool. Am I a dreamer? Am I, am I a dreamer? Why are yours nice and mine is like? We don't know how the generator works. Algorithm. You're bad at it. Can't help you with that. So that was the very first thing you bought on Amazon in 2008. Uh, lots of other things going on this year as well. You bought uh, Civil War, Captain America. Um, ahead, of it, ahead of his time because he knew that was going to be a big deal. Yes. Yeah. Um, Pimp the story of my life. Yeah. What's that? What's is Pimp that the Story of My Life? By Iceberg Slim. By Iceberg Slim mm-hmm. is a book written by a former pimp called uh, Robert Peck, also known as Iceberg Slim. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, and it's also uh, from which a lot of, uh, so Jay-Z, one of his uh, alternate nicknames was Iceberg Slim as well. Right. And uh, so he's been massively influential on hip-hop culture. Mm-hmm. But I read the book because, uh, again, this was interesting. And I was trying to, again, increase my... Uh, literary collection and uh, wanted to read about some uh, black pulp fiction and stuff and uh, yeah it's a good book it's so, and the reason why it's a very good book and I think there was a time around I guess early noughties yeah. where hip hop culture's aesthetic was very pimp focused song by 50 Cent P.I.M.P. Yeah. everyone had like pimp cups if you remember that was a thing without really knowing that a pimp was someone who sold ladies for money do I you think, think? I think pimp just became a different kind of brand well I think people uh, kind of conflated with the idea of being a pimp of being someone that was successful or attracted women yeah 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 and okay. then once you read the book you realise what it's, what's required of you to become a pimp you would never want to be a pimp and anybody right. who had a modicum of respect for women could never become a pimp. And okay. in fact, a lot of uh, pimping, in terms of the aesthetic, is actually a lot of men unable to confront or deal with uh, latent uh, tendencies of homosexuality. Really? Is, is that is, is that a common thing with pimps? That's why there's so much pomposity in how they dress with the furs and like, yeah. manicures and their appearance is so pristine is because they are, and also the actions towards women are supposed to come from like a latent uh, misogyny or uh, envy of women. And uh, yeah, 
dealing with their homosexuality. That's fascinating. And you got that all out of that book, did you? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. You got, because wow. um, Robert Pegg, the writer, has, has an IQ of 164 and he escaped from prison twice. So he was actually a genius. So wow. he was able to obviously do this research and psychoanalyze. And, you know, he says that the whole thing began because I hated my mother. That's fascinating. That's right. That's what he thinks. Yeah. That's why it all started. Yeah, he, he, uh, his mo- his uh, father, his biological father had left. His mother had uh, been living with a stepfather who was taking care of them in like 1920s, 30s America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then she had uh, ended up seeing another pimp. They proceeded to uh, rob and uh, leave his stepfather. Yeah. And his stepfather had begun to have an inkling that his mother didn't love him anymore. Wow. And he'd said, uh, I mean, you know, we're still together. And then she aban- and she took her child and abandoned him. So he resented his mother for the rest of his life because of that. And that manifested in his behaviour towards the women that he was pimping. This is a very dark uh, turn mm. for an early edition of My Mate Bought a Toaster to take. Like I said, it wasn't the best well, time of my life. Normally, so, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, no wonder things were going dark at this stage. You're like, jeez, <laughs> yeah. man. No, but, no, it, but it's, actually, no, it's actually a really good book. And like I said, it's yeah. because of the fact that it challenges these ideas where, you know, again, very early, I guess I was making myself aware of uh, toxic masculinity, which we discussed yes. now. But this is but, early for you to be doing that. This is 2008 before it became a thing. I am. Uh, you, Dane. Trend starter. Really well, I told Just you, yeah, good, but also... I, also Good person. I also saw Civic, uh, Civil Marvel Civil War as well. Now that's one of the biggest uh, film franchises ever because you know. Mm. And of course, Astronomy for Dummies, which you then bought. And now Astronomy's gone huge as well. So once more, I mean, it's still pretty big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was huge, endless. I know. I bought that for somebody else though. Uh, really? Yeah. And so you didn't read Astronomy you don't for Dummies. Consider no. yourself a dummy. No. In and also, and, and also, I'm more focused. I think uh, astrology makes, I guess, is something that I would be more into than astronomy. Astrology, really? So what, the more the... Zodiac. Okay. What's uh, your star and, uh, sign? Effects. So I am a Virgo, but mm-hmm. I'm a Venus and Libra, Moon and Scorpio and Aries rising. Sure, okay, cool. Nice to I'm meet you. Aries. I'm, I'm Tom. Hi. <laughs> I mean, I... So do you, do you go for all that stuff? Do you go for the astrology stuff? Uh, to an extent, I think that we are 70% plus water, which yes. is an ionic substance. And therefore, it can be affected by alignments of planets and you know magnetic forces and stuff, and I think that can affect our moods. Wow! So uh, yeah, mood. I do I do study stuff. I mean, I love this. I love how we're going from periods to the ionic, yeah, the, uh, the ironic substances. Yeah, or I, the I, ionic. ionic substances. Yeah, which is ironic. But I think I mean everyone kind of says that you know astrology is like quackery and it's bullshit. But mm. I think if the fact that you know people like Mystic Meg and psychics continue to uh, you know reap with benefits and make millions off of the idea of astrology means that there are people obviously searching for something to define themselves by or people obviously aspire to have even people that would reject ideas about Abrahamic religion will still check their horoscope Yes, and I feel like there is some element of us that does meaning. seek a spirituality I bloody meaning. loved yeah. Mystic Meg yes. yeah, what she happened to Mystic Meg is she still alive I think she may have passed oh. no she really passed but she might be like Batman now like a symbol so anyone can actually be Mystic Meg yeah. she's branded up like the Wu-Tang Clan she's put an M in the sky exactly, <laughs> she'll yeah. come what happens if you put Mystic Meg into the uh, name generator of Wu-Tang Clan that would be good let's know. do it and um, by the way, if you want to read the pimp book, it's got a lot of five star reviews. Lid says engaging. The guy was an abusive bastard, but he writes about his brutal past in an engaging and charismatic way. <laughs> his charm is better definitely is definitely better suited to writing than manipulating women. Fascinating story, <laughs> and I'm glad compliment. he has put that stuff behind Great him. Great at writing sentences, awful at dealing with his own mother. Um, Mystic Meg, if you're listening, your Wu Tang name is Insane Hunter. That's cool. So, uh, Dan, let's go to 2009. Now, we've already established that you are a trendsetter, 
um, you were tapping into themes of toxic masculinity and the Wu-Tang Clan back in the, you know, the late 2000s, before it really kicked off. Before it really kicked off. And it's happened again, look, in 2009. February 2009, you've bought Flat Earth News, an award-winning reporter exposes falsehood, distortion, and propaganda in the global media. This is by Nick Davis. Yeah. The very <sighs> dense book, though. It's very dense. It's, uh, it's available on Audible. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good anyone good. Wants yeah. To listen. I, can I recommend Audible to people, please, because it's very dense. Shall I read you the blurb? Yeah, After years on. of working as a respected journalist, Journalist Nick Davies in the shocking expose reveals what really goes on behind the scenes of this contentious industry. From a prestigious newspaper that allowed intelligence agencies to plant fiction in its columns, to the newsroom that routinely rejected stories due to a racial bias, mm. to the number of papers that accepted cash bribes, gripping, thought-provoking and revelatory, this is an insider's look at one of the most tainted industries. And did you already have these suspicions before you read the book, or was it one of those eye-opening books of like, oh my God, Murdoch is evil? I kind of had these suspicions already mm -hmm. and uh, you know I guess by holographic principles like my life is bullshit and it's probably because I have been uh, believed in the lies that I have been told so far as studying and getting a degree yeah. and that put me in better stead to have a better life and more prosperity because the world's supposed to be meritocratic in a in a Western civilized democracy, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, it's not really though. It's who you know in it." So, <laughs> and I was just kind of like got the ball rolling for me to research, and I guess where I felt that these may have been more uh, esoteric feelings. It was like having seeing other instances of this being confirmed. I was like, "So I'm not crazy. Like mm. this is all bullshit." Yeah, nepotism so. is way more important than yeah. anything meritocratic. Any it, of your qualities are irrelevant, guys. It is, and it goes so far, and it, you know that goes as far as as far up echelon societies like monarchy. But then I was just like, yeah, but then you know how can that work if you juxtapose that with evolution and Darwinist theory whereby the fittest the survival of the fittest and the strong survive yeah but it's now the survival of the socially fittest if you can the socially corrupt. without your qualities at a certain job those are irrelevant but if you can socially fit in and amalgamate and be in someone's tribe successfully yeah. that is success irrelevant of the skill irrelevant whether or not it's you're a good surgeon it's, it's success, you know the right but person then, but then for, you know, for someone who's also studied business and the social science it's like well then you're not able to realise you're, you're never going to realise a maximum return on your investment because yeah. of the fact that like if you're not employing the most competent people people yeah. to you know reach an optimum level of output or productivity yeah. within a company then how is business and economic economy supposed to prosper curveball right june sarpong yeah wrote an amazing book about this about mm. the untapped potential financially she really boiled down uh, the way we show uh, racial bias or prejudice and all those things she boiled it down to a book and put money on it and put and, and made it into a capitalist notion of, mm -hmm. of just how much untapped potential mm -hmm. there is out there with women who haven't got jobs or with people of colour who haven't got jobs. And it's it's horrifying because mm -hmm. you're not following the quality. You're following people like yourself or whatever that is. It's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. And, and people uh, always talk about, oh, we've employed the best person for the job. But mm, actually... Never true. No, never true! Because the way you've been brought up and the and the social and you yeah. know economic and all sorts of things, bias that you naturally have means that you're not looking at people in an equal way. Of course you're not. And, and I, measuring I, and, and, and I just And I just was arriving at a point, I guess, psychologically where I didn't want to be subject to those ideas and those structures. Yeah, I mean, and you know, it, I mean, it's even it's, it's something basic. Like, we're supposed to be in a democracy where women form. There are more men, women in in every country, every democratic country, than there are men. So then, yeah. if you've had instances where women have been denied, denied a vote, or their votes been reduced, or you've had instances of gerrymandering, then you can never be democratic. So I'm just like, it's all a lie. But then when you say that in the canteen at work, everyone just looks like you're crazy. So. <laughs> everyone looks right through you. Yeah, well. <laughs> Gargantua pantaloon agrees. Oh, yeah. uh, four stars. Uh, read it and weep. The case is convincing. The media has a problem telling the truth or even getting at the truth. 
Mm, so again, this, and this is this is a decade before the phrase "fake news" was accepted into like popular narrative. Uh, yeah, a phrase which that bastard which is, which Donald is, Trump which gave is so birth scary. to. Well, that, and, but then he did that at the same time while also giving birth via you know, Carrie Ann Conway of of uh, alternate facts. Mm. So essentially, now you have an Orwellian paradigm within media whereby lies are the truth now and they're acceptable. Horrifying. So horrifying. horrifying. Yeah, but so th- the fake news, the invention of the idea of fake news. Yeah. Forget actual fake news and forget how news is portrayed, but the, the invention of that brand of fake news, that is a right-wing thing, isn't it? I That's mean, owned by the right. It's, it's beyond that. It's, 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 it's fucking Orwellian. Mm. The, the, right, the, right, the right, I guess, have espoused it within our, within our, within our I guess, our society. Mm. But yeah, and they, as well as alternate facts. Yeah. And it's, just, it's insane that they have that duality now where it's like you don't trust the media, but then if something is proven to be factually false, then it's an alternate fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's the same as when people aren't funny and they say they do anti-comedy in Edinburgh. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you, you, I love you, you, that. It's a real alternative. No, it's just weird. Yeah, yeah, it's, not, you're, you're not funny. it's not funny. It's no jokes. Write it's, some like, jokes. it's like if I cheat on my wife, I'm not an anti-husband. <laughs> like, I'm committing infidelity, right? So, yeah. I love that so much. Uh, April 2010, you spent £43 on how to teach grammar. What were you? Did you become a teacher or something? What's going on here? No, although maybe I did buy that because what? What year was that? Two thousand ten. So I think at that point I quit my job at Auto Trader. Oh yeah, so so Dame Baptiste the comic is about to happen. At yeah, this yeah. Point. Okay, and good. he's then, learning about grammar. But, it's but really because important. it's important because you know we, that's a big part of my job is being able yeah. to speak properly. And but I think yeah. at the time I was working out what the hell I want to do in my life because obviously. I can't pay the bills dreams. So I think at one point I was going to do a teach a TEFL course, mm-hmm. teach English as a foreign language. Yes. That might be why I got that um, textbook. You meaning, got... <laughs> yeah, the meaning and the English verb. The third edition. I mean, the first was my favourite, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, so I think it was those, I got those. Yeah. Okay. Very expensive books. £19 each. It's a waste of money. To <laughs> <laughs> waste of money. Waste spelt. W A S T. Some people, as, as that homonym is confused a lot by a lot of people. <laughs> um, uh, what else have we got here? Uh, 14th of April, A Book of Legendary Creatures by Tom McGowan. Tell us about this. Um, I'd read it originally in uh, primary school. Okay. And uh, and then it was so fucking scary. I couldn't sleep when I was a kid. I read it at like seven or eight. But I bought it back. And again, because some of the characters and some of the creatures that are in it, mm-hmm. um, some of them you do see in folklore and stuff, and you do, see, and they have been used by like more mainstream, uh, I guess, media companies like Disney and the like. But I was like, I just wanted to have it because I thought it was an interesting book. I thought it was quite fun, mm-hmm. and I had an idea, I think, for like a graphic novel or something. Okay, I wanted to use it for inspiration. Okay, where's that book now? Is it still inspiring you somehow? It's still here. I, I, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll you say, actually I, what bought I'll it do. twice. You bought it on the 6th of April and the 14th of April. I think I bought it for somebody else as well. I can't remember. But I, uh, or I may have cancelled it, but I will send you a synopsis for my graphic novel. Yes, please. Now, I've never read a single graphic novel, guys. Is that remiss of me, Samantha? Or should I? I, I haven't. My sister's really into them. They're Manga they're, and they are, stuff. They're, they're pretty cool, man. And, okay. Uh, I mean, it's books with pictures, so... What's not, what's not to like? What's not to like, basically. Yeah, because I like looking at the images in my head. Yeah. But then to help those along, I can look at some images on a page as well. This is it. Okay. And, uh, so I, so if you read, for example, The Watchmen, which is obviously quite a big film, Zack Snyder directed, like originally was a graphic novel by Alan Moore. Okay. Alan Moore is also the uh, novelist who reinvented Batman as the Dark Knight. Yeah. Which is kind of, that's the source material for the Dark Knight franchise that Christopher Nolan made as well. Yes, which is when Batman got really good. Yeah, let's be honest. Exactly, yeah. So, um, yeah, he's, and I remember him saying, Alan Moore saying something about words are like spells, which is why we call it spelling. 
and we underestimate like how it's influential amazing. words can be and I stuff as well. That. So like something I'm trying to so we I'm trying to find like artistic inspiration to really take this leap and start doing comedy and doing something creative. So that's why I'm trying to take it as much as possible at this time. Alan Moore yeah, was born in November 1953. He's an English writer known primarily for his work in comic books, including Watchmen, as you said, V for Vendetta, The Ballad of Halo Jones, and From Hell. He's regarded by some as the best graphic novel writer in the English language. Whoa! Yeah. So okay. that's where you should start That's, that's my starting point. Should, yeah. I, should I do that then? Should Alan I, Moore. He's a, very, he's, a good, he's, a good, he's a very good one to start so with. So if I say to him, I'm reading it or I'm watching it, that's the question. What are you reading over there? Well, I'm not reading, I'm watching. I'm looking. What are you looking? Is this, do you know what I mean? I'm not, am I reading it? Regarding. I mean, there are words I mean, regarding be taking right. it in. Most people that like graphic novels will be too nerdy to even have a conversation with you anyway. <laughs> That's <laughs> ideal. If that means I'm going to get left alone, yeah. absolutely yeah, ideal. Exactly. Hello, I'm John Holmes, and yes, the last thing you need is another podcast that takes apart a television show and hacks through it like a cough going through a pensioner. Except wait, because this is the The One Show show in which myself and my guests force ourselves to watch a week's worth of TV's The One Show and then analyse it all in far too much detail. It sounds like a terrible idea, and it is for us. But for you, it's entertainment gold that's all over a programme you yourself have no intention of ever watching. The The One Show show, every Tuesday and Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's go to 2012. Samantha, go to 2012, right? There are two orders placed by Dame Baptiste. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, <laughs> these two orders tell a story, don't they? They tell a story. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. One of them is a, um, an original <laughs> Dell Studio uh, laptop charger power supply with PC247's 12-month warranty and UK mains lead, £15.85. This guy's getting power to his laptop. Uh, and the other is a book by Dick Gregory. And what's that book called, Sam? Should <laughs> we ask Dane what that book's called? <laughs> it's called An Autobiography. Go on, what's it called? Uh, it's N-Word, An Autobiography. Save you bleeping it. Thank you. Um, so those are the two things brought into 2012. Which of those two things would you like to talk about more? The uh, power supply to your laptop or N-Word and Autobiography? Actually, no, I'm going to ask you. I want to know about N-Word and Autobiography. It was um, £1.50. Mm. Yeah, which is an absolute bargain. bargain. And I, I recommend that everybody reads it. Uh, Dick Gregory uh, was a, an, is an African-American comedian who is the first uh, African-American comedian to ever appear on uh, US television. Um, ever, ever, ever? Ever, ever. And wow. he appeared on Hugh Hefner's uh, Playboy uh, Hour, which was a televised show. In the 50s? Where, yep, around, maybe, yeah, late 50s, 60s, okay. late 50s to early 60s. Yeah. And he uh, essentially had said he would refuse to do the show unless he was able to sit on the sofa. 
because obviously that was the, the late night uh, talk show format in the States mm. where you'd perform a bit stand up and then speak to the host. And uh, obviously during Jim Crow, if you were a black person, you wouldn't be able to do that. So he had insisted and um, refused. I think he'd refused to do Ed Sullivan and then Hugh Hefner had taken the chance and put him on his show. Right. And allowed him to sit on a sofa. Right. And basically changed his entire career as a result of which. Um, and I guess oh, he's got to sit on the sofa. Because of course that's a... So he went from like, you know, just trying to scrape together mere thousands in his life to, you know, in this, over the course of a year, becoming like a millionaire. Wow. And uh, and he was like, you know, but at the same time, the black people that were paying for me and paying my bills initially got to a point where they weren't able to afford me, but I would never turn my back on them. And, uh, you know, at the height of a success, his success, at some point, um, Dick Gregory became actively involved in uh, the civil rights uh, struggle. And, um, you know, there's pictures of him with uh, Malcolm X and uh, Muhammad Ali and yeah. Martin Luther King. And... Um, and basically has continued to use his millions to put into projects in order to like research and combat against uh, white supremacy in America yeah. up until his death in, I believe, 2017. There you go. And uh, his estate and his children uh, followed me on Instagram last year. And nice. And made my life, man. That's amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you ever feel then, uh, do you want to have a cause? Do you want to, or do you have a cause? Do you have a thing like that? Because must, that must have I, been... I think you should, yeah. Because like I said, a, a, big, a big part of the procrastination process when you before you start doing something creative is like looking at people and looking at your predecessors and so I was going so I did research and did up until like you know the Dave Chappelle's and Chris Rocks but then I was like but well, who preceded them and yeah. who was before Bill Cosby and so got to Dick Gregory and then uh, and then found about like Paul Robeson yeah. and even what he did in, in the UK and stuff as well and helping out Welsh miners and stuff yes. and big in Wales Paul yeah. Robeson yeah the Mannix wrote a song about him Let Robeson Sing exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it was like you know these are men who realise wealth and, and fame and success but despite that, still use their profile and their influence to do something positive. So I was like, well, if I want to do this and I'm going to invest everything into this, then I have to do it properly and look how people have done it. So Yeah, you have to do it properly. I'm, I'm going to yeah. get a power supply for my laptop. Well, yeah. That's don't get, don't get a Dell. It needs I was, to I was be in charged. A, I was in a tough place financially there. Do not, do not get a Dell. <laughs> I don't know if you've built your um, shopping list here on Amazon, your purchase history, just for my benefit, but it is... It's so impressive. Like, I love that you've got, you got a bit of Tolstoy, War and Peace. Have you actually read War and Peace? I started, it's tough. Do you know what? The dumbest... <laughs> the dumbest you've got an annotated version. I know, oh, but, but it goes... Tough. Even an annotated version Jeez. is longer than our natural yeah. lives. Yeah. It's so hot. And I, I think I might be on there as well, because when I first got a Kindle, I got The Origin of Good and Evil yeah. by Nietzsche. Mm -hmm. uh, I've never felt so stupid in my life. <laughs> you've also got Chavs. The demonization of the working class. I know, yeah. I've read that, Owen Jones. In fact, going back to what we said earlier on, I listened to it on Audible. Yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. It's a good book. And it's the really reason, good. reason why I bought it is because that was seemed to be an, access, an acceptable form of uh, racism and classism when I started doing comedy. Yep. That everybody had a chav joke. And again, I'm mm. somebody, if I'm going to opine or make a statement, then it should be researched rather because more than anybody else, I understand what it's like to be misrepresented in media. Mm. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to be, oh, people are chavs and blah, blah, blah. So... I just wanted to do the research. So that was for a joke. What about the complete works of Plato? Uh, just because I guess comedy and making observations involve some level of, I guess, anthropology or, or philosophy because we're just musing and shit. So I was like, well... Yeah. It all comes down to observations. Yeah, it's all it does, yeah. observations. I, that's how I felt like when you when with, with comedy and stuff and people like Dick Gregory, when I heard his more modern stuff, it wasn't necessarily that he was doing gags and punchlines, but yeah. people would just talk and people would hang on his every word. And once you start, like I said, with observations... Uh, which are on a superficial level. I feel in this art form, what you're aspiring to do is really transcend all of our physical things, like whether you're interpreting yourself as a woman or as a black person, a Christian, a Muslim, is that really we are, it's a stream of consciousness. So then if you're still aspiring to make observations from your consciousness, then, then 
I guess it gets to the point of philosophy. Yeah. When then you're, when then you're no longer inhibited by like. Yeah, but that's when the connections is. happen. That's yeah, when yeah. the connections happen. Exactly, and anyone yeah. of any background or any class or anything, you yeah. connect because you, you've got the same experience. And that's my point exactly is that it's it's there's a point there's a quantum within all of us where it's just you just con- you all you think you just perceive stuff as conscious, not as a woman or as a man and stuff. And if, if whether it's like before you go to sleep or when you just wake up, there's just this real quantum of time mm. where that's how we're just consciousness. And I'm just like how to get there. And that's why I got that book. Okay, listen, screw Mystic Meg, right? Why don't they have, instead of an astrology section at the end of uh, the newspaper, why don't they put Dame Baptiste spouting all this stuff at the end? This is brilliant and based on facts rather than astrology, which yeah, is... Yeah. Mm, come on. I mean, there's, there's... Mystic Meg has a real ring to it. What would yeah. you be called? Uh, I would be Divine Dane. <laughs> Divine Dane, and you just and you just write down a few like the things you've just said, and I read those at the end of my day's... Perusal of the Evening Standard. Exactly. And then at the end of Divine Dane, and also that's seamlessly transitioning to doing my appearance on RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, Is that what you're yes. doing? Uh, one day, I hope. The dream. Hope. Yeah, yeah, fair one, yeah. one day, of I hope. We, we, we all hope. Yeah, so, of course. At this Sashay. stage, Dane Baptiste. <laughs> Dane Baptiste has left Auto Trader behind, and he's reading all these books. He's consuming stuff. He's out there. He's on the circuit. We're in 2014 now. He's bought Regain for Man Hair Regrowth Fund. Yeah. yeah. How's that working out for you, man? Terribly. <laughs> Guess who else is None using of that, that stuff works. Guess who else is using that? You d- are using it, it currently. Tried it. I bought a load. I'm on. I'm on month four. Also, and it's I, made I, no difference. I might as well have been smearing chocolate sp- mousse on I think, my I, head. I think I spilled it on my chest as well. Yeah. <laughs> 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 a load of it. It definitely drips down my back and into my crack. Right. And that's where. Right. That's oh. where it stays. So, so it stays. Everyone. You could get wax for that. Um, so I this did actually. This seems to be a very common thing amongst men. Go on. Like security, yeah, also that. No, security and insecurity around hair loss. Which never used to be a thing, but I think it's because when media became a lot more youth focused, especially with comedy, because comedy used to be the thing where, like, if you were very talented but too ugly to be a rock star, you could be a very good comedian. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you know, and Phil Collins and Genesis and stuff, there's like, they look like like old music teachers. Yeah. Elton John. Yeah, Elton John. Mm. But then there's been, there, there was a focus. And then I was like, do I want to conform to this? And I started trying this stuff on my hair. And then I was like, is that, none of this stuff fucking works. Does so not did you work. think you had to have a full head of hair to be a good comedian? No, because no one could tell anyway, because I'm like 6'1 anyway, so no one can really see. <laughs> no can see. So <laughs> I'm, and, I, and I cut it quite low anyway. So it, and then I'm 6'3, like, and I've got, I keep my hair very short now. No, if you keep it, the shorter you keep it, no one really notices. But I do, it's weird. I have moments where I'm very paranoid about it. And it's because of age, because you feel like, oh, Look you, old, think, you think I'm looking old, but then no, you don't look old at all. I... Exactly. So I think it actually worked out. What's that face for? There is a question under this hair regrowth, oh my God, yeah, God. saying, "Is this suitable for use on my son's face? He's nearly seven and still has no facial hair. Thanks." Someone's trolling. That's nonsense. What? That's not Someone's trolling. <laughs> Is this why is this no good for men over fifty? Is another question. Can you go through the questions? Me and Dane can answer them because me and Dane okay. both use these uh, this product. Is this product a legitimate regain product? It's just about this specific yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't know. Would this know. work if you were only applying it to the frontal and temporal hairline? Well, who wants to grow hair on their temple? What do you mean? Oh, temporal is in the top, uh, just, so someone the, thinks the that they, their brain front. is where their hair is. That's just someone who thinks they're so bored that you can see their brain. That's why they're like, my temporal lobe and my frontal lobe. Would it grow the hair? Grow there. Does that mean you can see my thoughts? Yeah, exactly. I need to cover those up with hair. hair. The answer is the hair doesn't come from your brain, sir. Yeah. Okay, another genuine question. Can this be used on the naughty areas? What do you mean the naughty areas? Like, are we talking the naughty step? The bottom steps of the stairs. That's yeah. really naughty. Around your so, pe- Why would you want more you want, hair yeah. around your penis? Maybe you don't have hair in your penis or and you want vagina. some. Everyone to be, knows to be you fair, look shorter and when I, was a, when I was a kid, 
and I, I was a late bloomer. If there was something I could have rubbed on my balls uh, to make hair grow, I would yeah. have probably been like, let me get a little bit of that. Check the handwriting. Is it a child who wrote that? Maybe it's something <laughs> a bit younger. Okay, go on, next question. We keep them coming. <laughs> I like this. I'm 17 and turn 18 in a few months. Do you think I will be okay to use this? I'm not sure it actually makes a difference. It won't make any difference, but you're definitely okay to use it because it's, it is a massive placebo. Yeah. It's it really sad. It's, it's also like... 17 and already going bored. It's just yeah. Kind of, How old were you when he started to lose it then? I, mm, 30 something. 30 something, yeah. Yeah, me too. I had a good run, to be fair. Exactly. And I did uh, what I needed to get done while all, I had yeah. hair. And also, it's fine. And then, and, and then, and then I was like, people were like, what's this doing here? And I'd be like, I'm trying to get some hair. And then people were like, you don't need to get that. Mm. You look better bald. And I'm like, are you sure? And then, so it's fine. So nice now. I'm so jealous of you. You've done it. I need to do it. I need well, to just, just do this. Yeah. I mean, but it actually suits me, and I actually yeah, cut my own do. hair now, so mm. it's, like it's fine. Is this any good to promote facial hair? I'm 23 and need a bush. You don't need a bush. Don't and it, and the bush. that actually helped me, even though I've bought caffeine and stuff since then. I It's helped me to realise that all of these things are superficial fads because, remember when beards were like in 2016 and 17, when beards were the thing and everyone was like, you should have a beard? Yeah, you mean the reason I've got a beard now in 2019? Because I'm catching up with the fashion. And they were like, be a man and have a beard. And then people were like, oh, it's okay for men to cry. And then people were like, we're gender fluid. So it's like, there's just the fad changes all the time. Just be yourself, innit? Mm, mm, Can I have this on carry-on luggage in the airport? If it's under 25 mils, you can. Otherwise, you're screwed, mate. We're great at answering these questions. Any more for any more? You're still buying it in 2016, the end of 2016. You still you went for a Not while. For me. Oh, really? That was for the naughty parts mm. by 2016. Yeah, I have a real, real ass fro. Are, are you a re- <laughs> <laughs> are you a regain dealer? Is that what you're doing? Just uh just selling that stuff on. Is the packaging no. discreet? No, no, I've had comments because it really, it really yeah. is not discreet. Mm. <laughs> uh, Dane Baptiste very much now out on the circuit doing stand-up comedy. 2016, 11th of July, uh, you bought Mike and Ike Berry Blast Theatre Box, 170 grams. Basically, you're buying sweets on Amazon. I mean, is that really what the internet was made for? So you could buy sweets? They're, they're American sweets. At the time, I couldn't afford to have uh, a flight, so. <laughs> <laughs> now you just fly there and buy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, things have gone well. He's got telecash now. He's yeah, got yeah, nip so over to I'll, LA. I'll, I'll go over there. And they've been discontinued now as well, so it's hard to what? buy them in shops. So I used to, when I used to go to the States, my aunt would take me to Costco to stock up on my American sweets, and they were discontinued. What? I know, so you only have to get a few of the remaining boxes. Luckily, because they're Mike completely full of like cornstarch, they'll last for like yeah, Oh, decades, so. cornstarch is the very worst. It's the complete devil. Considering how much regain and sweets you've been buying in 2017, how have you not got masses of long hair going down to your ankles and diabetes? It looks like Kellogg's Fruit Loops. What it looks like I'm doing is basically like putting together a massive, massive way of snaring like uh, paedophiles. <laughs> Just kidding. And I'm like, hey, everyone come to my house. I've got Rogaine, got sweets for the kids. And it's like a massive, massive child molest- molestation sting. All right, listen, we need to crash to the present day. The 2nd of January, 2019, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> £84 spent on two bottles of Moët et Chandon Champagne Rosé. Oh. I love Rosé Champagne. It's very nice. It is very nice. Any reason you got this or just because it was January 2019 and things were going well on Planet Baptiste? <laughs> I thought I was going to be a dad. <laughs> is that actually what you got? Yes, yeah, so I should probably, probably, should, <laughs> I should probably cut that part out. It's just, uh, maybe too much. 
No, it was just, it was just uh, New Year's, I think. Well, it's the 2nd of January, so yeah. Exactly. So it's still New Year's, it's still New Year's somewhere. Yeah. Whoa! 22nd of January, 2019. £125 on a cherry tree furniture black leather LED bed. Oh, hello. We're back at the pimp, aren't we? We're back, <laughs> we're back where we started. Yeah, I embrace who I was. <laughs> Tell us about this. It's just a bed, man, and it's just got a light at the bottom of it, and it's just very nice. It's, it's got a light a at the bottom. blue bo- light at the bottom. And it can like change colour as well. Right, but that's like a Vauxhall Corsa in a supermarket <laughs> car park. But it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> so it's cool. And I can sleep in it. Do you, do, you, do you get a lady back to your bed and go, oh, 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 watch this. Hang on. Oh. Do you know what? I've completely forgotten, you know. It's just for me. I just like to create this ambience. Like I'll have that, the nice light, soft light <laughs> under the bed and candles and stuff, and it just relaxes it's me. It's blue, mm. though. It looks like you're taking You can off. change colour. So, so what colour do you normally have? Depends. If someone's like, I'm a Prince fan, <laughs> you can go purple. Purple that. Yeah, purple for us. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and then it's like... I'm uh, a fan of the artist Pink. So, yeah, so we'll see, go for the colour. Red light special. Mm-hmm. The bees are going extinct. Give yeah. me some honey love. <laughs> well, Apex says happy, stylish. Happy St. Paddy's Day. Can, can we have stylish a Stylish cr- and sturdy. Is this a review? Pit. Yeah, any, five stars. Uh, any other reviews? Stylish and sturdy. We love it. Took two of us to construct just to help fathom the pictures. It's stylish, sturdy, a great size. That's just beds, isn't it? <laughs> I, I wanna, and the I bonus in, of I having wanna interject the light. And be like, I want to interject and say, it's terrible. Uh, is it actually? It's fucking terrible. Why? I had to get TaskRabbit to help me fix it. And I already had a bed, which was fine. Right. And my housemate had a crappy bed, and I gave him my old bed. Yes. Thinking I'd get a new snazzy bed. With LED lights with on LED it. With LED lights on it. And who was the TaskRabbit person you got over? Because TaskRabbit is a hilarious thing. This is the app where you uh, get random people to come and like screw yeah. things into walls for I you. I can't remember his name, but mm. he did two things for me because he also helped me with my IKEA wardrobe, which has also broken recently. Celio Shaves said, one star, not strong enough. Oh, hello, Celio. Um, someone else, Jordan the... said, bed breaks the first night of sleeping, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. oh not, I'm sleep, only not si- sleeping. I'm only yeah, 16 oh, and, oh, and weigh yeah. 10 stone. Mm-hmm. And the first night I slept in it, the headboard has broke while <laughs> I was sleeping. That's so weird, waking up with a broken headboard. And the left headboard. leg of the bed has just snapped and broken. Oh, dear. It's not the sli- highest quality. He's not 10 stone. <laughs> Listen, yeah, exactly. The lights have to end. Do you know what? I think this is a good place to leave it because this is a, a, a great order from 2019. And this, this for me, completes the <laughs> My Mate Bought a Toaster journey of Dane Baptiste. We've got a guy who starts off reading about the Wu-Tang Clan, dreaming of becoming a comic, right? Whilst working yeah, yeah. auto this is all fair to say. And yeah. now look at you. You've bought yourself a bed that lights up. What more do you want from life? With champagne like a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> drinking champagne, you turn into a pimp. Yeah, you literally turn into a pimp. Uh, rose champagne. It's it's nice. It's really nice. Um, Dave, but please, thank you so much for joining us. And I have found out so much about you. Thank you. Not all of it thank good. You. I know. But I am all of it very funny. An erratic specialist. So you know. <laughs> thank you, Dave. Thank Thanks. You. Thank you, Samantha Baines. Amateur beggar. Thanks, Amateur Beggar. My name is Excessive Dreamer, and it would be a, an excessive dream of mine for you to give us a follow at ToasterPod on Twitter. And uh, we've got more of these coming very soon. Thank you again to the wonderful Dane Baptiste. Goodbye. Bye. My name's Pete Allison. And I'm Dave Cribb, and we do a podcast called Friends with Friends. Each week we invite a guest on, ask them to pick their favourite episode of Friends, and then we talk about it in far too much detail. Basically, if you like the show Friends, and you like it when people take things far too seriously, then you might well like this podcast. Search Great Big Owl on your podcast app of choice, and you'll find Friends with Friends right there. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.